Welcome to the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Berkhamsted School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day -day activities through to life beyond Berkhamsted School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. Remarkable community indeed. In this episode of the Berkhamsted Spotlight, we're speaking to one of the school's governors, Gavin Laws. We're going to find out what it means to be a governor, how the Board of Governors is made up and how it helps the staff and possibly more importantly, how this in turn helps the pupils at school. That's all coming up in this episode. So come with me right now as we speak to school governor, Gavin Laws. Gavin, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. Well, I'm very glad that you're joining us, and especially because you are a governor for the school. But actually, before we talk about you being a governor for the school, I'd love to find out something else about you. What else keeps you busy in your life right now? Well, I'm, I retired about 10 years ago from full-time work. I worked uh, for a bank uh, in the UK and in Asia uh, all my career, same bank, um, and, and decided to retire, I say, about 10 years ago so I could concentrate on non-exec roles and some charity roles. So pretty much involved in uh, just in non-exec stuff now and um, going on holiday and playing golf and doing the things that people do in retirement. <laughs> Sounds like a delightful life. It really does. Uh, which bank were you working for in the UK? And did you say Shanghai? Standard Chartered. I worked uh, for them in Singapore, Hong Kong and South Africa. Right. Excellent. And how do you find the banking industry has changed in the time that you've that you were working there between then and now? Oh, <laughs> between night and day uh, difference. I mean, the use of technology now, um, the speed of communication, the ability to um, be with a client, even if you're on different continents, um, the whole thing is just a, a, a complete revolution. Um, not always for the best, I'm afraid, um, but uh, I, think, um, I think banking has just uh, moved so far forward. Okay, well, let's talk about your role as a governor then at Berkhamsted. First of all, tell us what do governors in a school actually do? What, what's their purpose? Why, why are they there? Okay, well, I guess the, the first thing is that we act pretty much in, as a board of directors would in any other company. Uh, therefore, we set the tone for the school. We ensure good governance and adherence to all the rules and regulations that apply to any educational establishment. I, the, the big difference, I guess, is that as a charity, uh, we don't have shareholders. So everything we do is always only in the best interest of that charity, which does make us different from somebody who's got shareholders. OK, so tell us a little bit then about how it helps the fact that, that I mean, clearly you, you, weren't a, you, you weren't a head teacher, so your background isn't in the world of education. How is someone who's not in the world of education able to help in a school environment with things like the development of the school and its academic development? That's a, a really interesting point and one that I spend a lot of time explaining uh, to people who I ask to join the board with us is Berkhamsted School is a big business. You know, we have nearly 2,000 students um, based on a number of campus around the Berkhamsted area. You know, we employ um, you know, hundreds of people and we have uh, a turnover in revenue terms uh, of tens of millions of pounds. So actually, it, it's a big business. It's uh, probably one of the biggest employers in the in the area. And therefore, we need a range of skills on the board to enable the school to develop. So obviously, we will have people on the board who are very skilled in, in the world of education. We have a very strong leadership team within the executive. But we also need other skills 
um, so that we can keep this business going. We've been going nearly 500 years uh, and we'd like to keep it going another 500. So a wide range of skills and personalities is very important to us. You use the phrase there, big business, and, and clearly it is it is big business when you're talking about those kind of numbers, you know, the sort of numbers of, of, of students that there are at the school, the number of people that are being employed. Some people might want to veer away from the term business in a school environment because they're, you know, they, they might be using it or they might feel like people are using it in the wrong connotation. But do you, do you think that's a bit naive to ignore the fact that it is a business operation at the same time as being an educational establishment? Well, I, th- I think it's a fair question and a fair challenge and one that we do face uh, quite regularly um at the end of the day we are here to deliver a fantastic all-round education uh, for all the students who come through us and the only way we can do that is by bringing some of the skills and techniques of running a business uh, from the commercial world so i wouldn't walk in and tell the headmaster um how to run the mathematics classes or how to do the geography field trips uh, my job is to support the headmaster um and the uh, the senior team in making sure that everything we do is geared to giving the children the best possible opportunity in life so that's not just in the Uh, educational world that's the pastoral world the sporting world arts and dramas all sorts of elements that make up a great school now of course your background is banking and i imagine that there's a, a real mix of different backgrounds within the team of governors so tell us a little bit about the different characters i mean without talking about individual people but the different backgrounds that you have within the board of governors okay so we we, we're constantly striving to look for skills in 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 property we have a huge property estate um some very old buildings our oldest one goes back to the 1500s so obviously we have a huge cost uh, and of maintenance of keeping those things going there's a lot of legal issues affecting education nowadays, so we look for a strong legal background in some of our governors. Um, obviously, finance plays an important part, so we have the finance. Um, we also have skills such as marketing um, that are important, that the school is, at the end of the day, only as good as, it, as the number of students it can bring in. Um, to keep the thing going. So it is a real wide range of skills. We also have skills from people who are in higher education from the university world um, who help us shape our curricula so that we our children have the best possible chance of success. Tell us a little bit about that dynamic then between the skills and experience that are brought to the board of directors and the people whose full-time job it is to carry out those roles within the school. I'm thinking about if someone whose background is in uh, finance, for example, working in the city, is giving advice as a governor within the school, uh, but equally there's someone in the school whose full-time job it is to manage the finances. Sure. Is there any kind of conflict with someone offering advice that actually, you know, someone within the school is thinking, well, that's not quite right because, you know, it's good to get an outside opinion, but equally you're not understanding the internal dynamics of what's going on here. Again, good challenge. Um, and you stay on that example. So uh, the chief operating officer who runs the finance within the school is a very talented individual. Um, it's, it's important for us to remember that our job is non-executive. They, the executive, uh, the principal and all his senior team, they run the school under a delegated authority from the board. So they are primarily responsible for all decisions. 
It's not so much about the Board of Governors giving advice, it's about the Board of Governors giving challenge to the executive team, helping to stretch them, giving them resources that they might need to fulfil their role. It's really is a, a, a good balance as long as both sides remember what their role is in the structure of governance. And we're very clear that the Board of Governors is there to govern and the uh, executive team is there to run the executive functions, which is the day-to-day running of the school. I see. I'm sure that Julian would be very happy with those words you just said about him as well, by the way, uh, Gavin. <laughs> Gavin, tell us about how many governors there are actually within the team. Well, our, our articles allow us to have between 13 and 15, which we find, I think is a good number. So at the moment, we're about 15. And I say about a million because sometimes we go slightly above that number for a short period of time, whilst we're bringing people on to cover future retirements and rotations off the board. So yes, there are, there are 15 of us at the moment. Um, and we will be um, yeah, refreshing as each governor comes to the end of their term of office. And generally, how long does somebody stay a governor for? Well, the rules are that uh, governors can stay for three terms of three years so at the end of each term they'll you know we'll have an assessment of their performance or an assessment of their desire to stay on and if they wish to stay on and we're happy with their performance that'll work that way if you get to become chair of the board um, you can do another term of, of three years on top subject to the rest of the board being happy about that mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's again important that people don't stay on a board forever it's good to have Uh, rotation of skills experiences and backgrounds okay so how about looking at the future vision of the school i mean what what role does the governor play in that future vision of the school well that's 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 the you know one of the key areas of governance for us our job is to set the challenge uh, with uh, the principal and his top team and say you know where are we going to be in 5 10 15 years whatever it's going to be and what do we need to get there So we agree with the executive what the future strategy should look like. Our role is not to stand out and say, oh, hold on a second, I think we ought to only be a girls' school or we ought to only be a boys' school or whatever uh, idea that somebody has on the board. Our job is, is to work with and then challenge the executive to come up with the best possible strategy for the future. Why did you become a governor yourself? Uh, Well, as I said to you at the very start, I I retired 10 years ago. And around that time, like many people who'd worked uh, full time, I I wanted to see if I could give something back to the local community. It just so happened that there was uh, an upcoming vacancy uh, on the governing body uh, for the chair. And I interviewed it for it that way. I have a close affinity with the school. I have three daughters who went through the school and I was uh, very pleased and uh, and very impressed by the education they got there. Um, so once they invited me to join, it was, a, it was a delight to join the board. And I'm presuming at the time when your daughters were at the school, you were living in the Berkhamstead area. Are you still living in that area now? Yes, yes. I live about uh, 300 yards from uh, one, of our, one of our sites. <laughs> that's pretty close then that's, it that, is that, yeah that is close maybe too close for some of the executives <laughs> now you mentioned at the start that you spent your entire career not just in banking but i think you said working for the same company yeah that's not necessarily a, a reflection of how careers tend to span these days sure uh, what's your view about how people tend to not just 
change the companies that they work for, but quite often change the careers in which they're working in. Yeah, no, the, the world the world is changing, and uh, somebody to do nearly forty years at the same company uh, is quite a rarity nowadays. Uh, I would say two things. One is I worked, as I said earlier, overseas. Uh, when you work for the same company but in a different geography, you it's almost like working for a new company in many respects. You new people, new skills. So my, you know, seven or eight years in Hong Kong, two years in Singapore, two years in South Africa were, you know, were exposing me to different cultures, different backgrounds and, and very different companies within the same umbrella. But I'm very conscious as I look at my daughters who are in their thirties now, who are mostly on at least their second job uh, since they left university, that, that it's a, it is a different world and that the idea that people come in uh, as lifers um, is probably old hat nowadays. And which of those countries would you say you enjoyed the most? just in terms of where you were living and, and the lifestyle that you had at the time? Well, we were very lucky to be in Hong Kong at the time of the handover uh, in the 90s. Um, so Hong Kong was an incredibly vibrant, exciting place to work and to live and, and to be present on the doorstep of um, a monumental change in history um, was, uh, was a real eye-opener for the whole family. Did Chris Patton do a good job in that whole handover procedure? <laughs> Well, I think I think it's like like all people looking at politicians. Um, it's easy to criticise. Um, you know, e- events will tell us um, things have changed dramatically from the handover. Not always for the best, but that you know, it's easy with hindsight to criticise. And what are your plans now, apart from continuing to enjoy well golf in your in your retirement and giving back as well? What else do you plan to do in your retirement? Well, I've got uh, I've got grandchildren now. Uh, one of whom is already at Berkhamsted School, um, so uh, grand grandchildren to to play with and look after is is going to be a large part of our life going forward. I actually uh, will be stepping down from from the school in in about a year's time, having come to the end of of my my terms uh, with them, and um, you know uh, probably probably will decide to move away solely into charity working. Gosh, that sounds fantastic. Now, you mentioned that you had three daughters at the school and it sounds like a grandchild at the school right now as well. Mm. What about your own education? Where did you go to school, Gavin? Up in Cheshire. I went to uh, Lim Grammar School uh, in Cheshire. And um, and then joined the workforce straight from grammar school. Gosh, right. So so very different to to your daughters being at Berkhamsted then going on to university and then going out to work. Yeah, it's very different indeed. And I think that's one of the great uh, challenges for or, or for the world of work nowadays is that you know there are apprenticeship courses and and things that should offer a fantastic alternative to going on to university. Universities have, you know, many positive things about them for development of a young person, but so does going into the world of work at an early age. So it's going to be an interesting balance going forward. Gavin, we need to bring this to a close in a minute, but two regular questions we always ask guests who come onto the podcast. First of all, what have you changed your mind about in the last two years? Well, from a very personal perspective, um, I thought I knew quite a lot about education and how uh, the world of education worked. And I realised that uh, being involved with the school, that I, I knew very little. And therefore, that partnership between parent and school, which is so important in the development uh, of children, um, I've come to realise how, how strong that needs to be, um, which I guess as a parent, I didn't really uh, reflect on often enough or think about hard enough. So I think that's a, the key, the key learning for me. But the other great thing is, 
education is an industry. Um, it is a business, uh, and there are so many things that uh, cross over from the world of commerce to the world of education. But the one thing that really stands out is the dedication of, of um, the academic staff and the support staff at school um, is absolutely superb. So I've really opened, it's really opened my eyes, I think, over the last few years to, to A, just how, how little I knew as a parent and B, just how important that relationship is to have the same messages hitting young people um, from parent and school because... Obviously, with the worlds of social media and the internet and all that sort of stuff, children can get a lot of messages bombarded at them. It's very important to be, for me, uh, to believe that the stability of a good parent-school relationship uh, really helps. And then lastly, what would you say has been your remarkable moment at Berkhamsted? I don't have one remarkable moment. I, I get a remarkable moment every time I go and see the young people perform, whether it be sport, drama, um, a, a academic. Um, I, I'm constantly amazed by the inquisitive minds, the ability of young people to stand their ground in a discussion or a debate. Um, I'm, I'm just, I just think it's absolutely staggering that we spend a lot of time knocking the youngsters in, in this country um, and I wished uh, we would just get behind them. And They are the future. Um, they have the ability. We need to make sure that everybody has the same opportunities um, and I think that would be great for all of us as we get older. Well, look, Gavin, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for taking time out to come and talk to us today, um, especially when you could have been at the golf course. Uh, I'm not sure what the weather's like with you today, but hopefully you'll get a chance to come out later on today at some point. Thank you very much. It's been nice speaking with you. So that was school governor Gavin Laws talking to us about what it means to be in that role and what it means for everyone else too. Thank you for your time, Gavin. It was great finding out more about what that all means. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.